Welcome to Your Money Counts, a podcast brought to you by Marquette Savings Bank. In 2019, the Federal Trade Commission reported $201 million lost by Americans through fraud scams. People are falling for all types of fraudulent scams every day, often not even realizing that they've been scammed until it's too late. In our next few episodes, we're going to talk about fraud, different ways that you might uh, be scammed, and of course, how we can protect ourselves from becoming a victim. Of course, avoiding scams comes down to knowing who you can trust and what to trust. So we'll start out with a little get-to-know-your-banker segment so that we can know why we should trust our guests. If you could introduce yourselves and tell us one reason people should trust you. My name is Lisa Lopez. I'm the Senior Vice President of Deposit Operations. And one reason people should trust me is because I'm a banker. My name is Scott Schaefer. I'm an Assistant Vice President and Information Security Manager. Um, I believe one reason people can trust me is because I had to sign a code of ethics for ethical hacking, saying that I would not use the lessons I learned for bad. No, that's great. Uh, we take people at their oath. Um, good to meet you both and have you in the studio today for this important conversation. Why are we seeing such an increase in fraud? Uh, there could be several reasons. Um, let, let, let me start. You know, the pandemic has definitely played into a role of it, but I wanted to make a point that um, that is not the reason it's been here. Um, it just hasn't been as mainstream. It has increased a little bit, but it, it, the scams and the fraud have always been around. Um, it's just people that are actually fairly smart um, in just using it for bad ways to take advantage of people, um, regular people, senior citizens. Um, what have you. So, no, well, that's interesting. You said since COVID, there's even been a market increase. So, you know, this growth from 2015 to 2019 doesn't even count the growth that we've seen because of the pandemic. So you're saying it's even much larger than that now. Yeah, I would say for sure. Um, definitely more so and well, all around, but there's been a big hit towards employees and companies in general. Um, the fraudsters or bad actors, as we call them, uh, are using the knowledge that these people are working from home. A lot of companies are working from home and they want to, to take advantage of these people not being around other employees. Oh, sure. And, and we're all using new technology. So, right. you know, it's the first time I'm using this. Like, it's actually pretty easy for me to get duped. I haven't used it enough to know that this should right. be suspicious. Um, okay. So this is obviously an, an, an enormous, enormous problem. Um, you know, a very expensive problem. Um, so today, as we talk about fraud, I, I know that we want to talk about uh, spoofed call scams. Um, Scott, exactly what is a, a spoofed call scam? A spoofed call spam would be where the person or bad actor deliberately changes their phone number um, to portray they are someone else or from somewhere else. Um, for instance, uh, if I were to spoof my number, I could pretend to be Market Savings Bank and use their phone number so that you maybe get that trust right away from me. Or I could say I was from Kansas when I'm sitting in Pennsylvania. Um, anything like that. Uh, one of the bigger things nowadays is neighbor spoofing, which is they're not so much spoofing a direct number, but they are changing their area code to your local area code because you're much more likely to answer a local number than you are a 727 area code. Probably somebody whatever. I know right. in my area. Right. Um, so – 
I mean, I I get these. I, I in fact, um, and this is not this is not like a a, a bit for the show. I, you know, we were we were uh, recording this uh, kind of here at the uh, with the end of September. So I think a lot of people are experiencing a huge uh, explosion in in these sort of spammed calls. Um, it's obnoxious. Obviously, it's it's frustrating, right? Because we keep answering our phone. It's it's not real. Um, well, tell us something about who these people are trying to impersonate. Well, some of the biggest scams now um, through the spoof calling, um, one of the biggest ones I've been seeing anyway locally um, is portraying to be the IRS. Um, they attempt to, uh, you know, spoof that phone number. Um, again, really usually directed, I, I shouldn't say always, but usually directed towards, you know, senior citizens and whatnot um, into a scare tactic, into saying if you didn't, you know, you owe us back taxes, if you don't pay this amount in so-and-so time, you will be arrested. Um, that's a big one. Um, of course, portraying to be your bank or your credit union or whatever it be. Um, there's a lot of Medicare, again, going back to the senior citizens um, that seems to be spoofed a lot. And another is charity scams. We see a lot like, please support your local police department. It's really, they have nothing to do with it. The one I keep hearing is car warranty. Your car warranty is about, I've never had a warranty on my yeah, car. That's, been so that's how I know. But I imagine if I had a warranty on my car, that, oh, maybe it is about to expire. Like that's a reasonable, reasonable expectation. Um, so uh, these sound like things people deal with, right? They're uh, donations to your local fire department. They're, uh, you know, uh, AARP, you know, scams or car warranty scams like there are things that we, we regularly participate in so um i guess you know lisa let's say i fell for one of these scams i i gave a person uh, my account information uh, maybe even some personal information about my life what exactly are they going to do with it there's a lot of things they're going to do with it um, and they've planned ahead of time so as soon as you do give that to them it's really, really important that you act quickly. Um, they are going to either uh, use your account number information and try to create fake checks off of your account, um, but that's a pretty simple scheme. Uh, really what they're after is your identifying information and your credentials to log into internet banking so that they can pose as you and use your account um, either to drain all your money out of it or to move other people's money through it. Um, that is probably being laundered. So. so they might use my money and spend it. They might uh, use my account information and like open up some other new account in my name, like a credit card, spend that. Apply for loans, apply for credit cards, you know, just anything they can do to either cash out or move money around that they already have that they've cashed out on somebody else. And once they get my personal information, I figure they're not trying to get into just one thing. And like, well, what can we do with this? Does this guy have a, a PayPal? Does this guy have a Venmo? Does he have a bank account? Does he have a credit card? They, they're going to try and figure out everything that they can get access to. Absolutely. Absolutely. So identity theft, uh, once it's happened, you know, by the time we hear about it, when a customer's calling us and saying, hey, I just think. I fell for something. I gave out all my credentials. We tell them to take action quickly. We, we send them to the Federal Trade Commission, put alerts on their credit report, do those kinds of things. But that's like a reactive approach. Um, so the, the reason we're sitting here recording this podcast today is try to get people a little more proactive and going out and using those tools proactively. Freeze your credit even if you don't think your identity's been stolen. But we should all act under the guise that our information is sitting out there on a shelf somewhere just waiting to be sold to a criminal to pretend they're us and use our information. And, and let me add um, some of the security uh, classes or certifications I've done. Uh, most people are now teaching. It's not a matter of when 
uh, or if it's a matter of when, um, between these large breaches, particularly large companies, almost everybody's information is already sitting out there somewhere. Um, it's just a matter of when they tend to use it. Well, that's a good point too, right? You know, the, the, the scammer may be going after me, but maybe they have some piece of information from, you know, a data leak from a company and all they need is kind of that one last bit. And they could fill in the rest of the puzzle pieces and gain access. So we got to be careful because giving away any information may be dangerous since we don't know how much they maybe already have. So most times these people know uh, most at least some bit of information about you. Um, and that's exactly like you touched base on is they're just looking for that little final key to really get it. Um, and to go back on Lisa's point, um, which could be a whole another podcast. I don't want to stray topic, but um, once you give out your credentials, that's a big uh, tip as to why you shouldn't be using the same password for everything. Because if you give it out one, they are going to try other accounts because there are many people that use the same password for all 30 different sign-ins they have. Um, but like I said, I don't want to stray under another password topic policy, but. Well, no, I mean, that's a, that's a good point. You know, the, what's the advice that we would give listeners so that they can prevent this from happening? One of them is obvious. Use different passwords. Okay. That's pretty Pretty easy. I mean, we, we all got to remember a lot of passwords, but use different passwords. What else uh, would each of you give as advice to help people be proactive, prevent themselves from becoming a victim? Um, well, one just just to you know do your due diligence. Um, you can't really trust really much anymore. Um, there's just so many scams and frauds happening. Um, one big thing I always say is if there's ever a question whatsoever, hang up the hang up the phone. Um, and call back on a number that you know is good. Um, so that way, you know, that if that number was spoofed, um, you're getting directly to it. That's what happens a lot of time. They'll call back and they'll have no idea. Like, no, I don't know. I didn't call you. Um, so that's definitely one way to watch. And um, just just try to make sense of it. You know, a bank's not going to call you and ask for your account number. Bank's not going to call you, you know, and ask for your social security number over the phone. Um, so just really kind of doing your due diligence, I think, and paying attention to what you're saying, what they're asking. Um, because a lot of it is high-pressure tactics to try to get you to act before without so thinking. If there's been a sense of urgency created, right. maybe be a little suspicious because rarely is there a sense of urgency around renewing a warranty. Right. Lisa, what advice do you have for listeners so that they can protect themselves? Wow. Be sus suspicious of everything um, and just – be a vault in and of yourself. So if somebody's asking you for your login credentials or they know that you're going to be authenticated uh, once they give, you know, you give them your username and your password to something and they say, okay, hold on, stay on the phone a minute. And then, you know, they're logging in and they're getting that text message with that code and they're saying, hey, now give me that code. Don't ever share that information. You know, a lot of people call the bank asking for, you know, I want to know the balance in my account. And then they get mad because we ask them, an arm's length of questions. And if they don't know the answers, we're like, nope, you can't have that. This is why. Because we have people out there that already have pieces of your information, including your date of birth and your mother's maiden name that, you know, some people don't even know their mother's maiden name when they call it trips them up a little. Um, so we'll just point you to another channel or make you come into the branch. And that's pretty much industry standard. So, um, you know, you should be grateful that we're protecting your identity. Uh, you know, don't don't beat the messenger that's telling you, sorry, you know, you, you have to come into the bank. Use internet channels and don't share your credentials and you'll be about as secure as you can be. So there are some good tips for how we can be vigilant uh, and protect ourselves as citizens who now are maybe a greater risk than ever of being the victims of attempted fraud. 
You can stay up to date on the latest local and national scams happening now by visiting Marquette's Fraud Protection Center at MarquetteSavings.bank. If you found our conversation today helpful, then subscribe to Your Money Counts podcast and new episodes will be automatically downloaded for you. Don't forget to write a review and let us know how we're doing. We'd love to hear from you. The Your Money Counts podcast is brought to you by Marquette Savings Bank, an equal housing lender and member FDIC.